powerful collaborations, cutting-edge science, and curious minds coming together for a glimpse of the future. Stay tuned as we look at the latest updates on some of the most promising technology projects. In this episode, the M3 Terra project, now in completion. What does this mean for you and what's next? Today we are speaking with Dr. Franz Dilacha and Chiara Mariotti about a project called M3 Terra, which has recently wrapped up. In this project, they attempt to advance the commercialization of terahertz frequency devices by finding ways to make things smaller, more efficient, and less expensive. Let's just jump right into this. Um, we'll start with you, Chiara. Why are you interested in this project? Uh, I did my PhD in um, kind of uh, millimeter wave technologies. I was tr kind of uh, trying new technologies for uh, Mm, yeah, higher frequencies, and so I was already related to this world. And then afterwards, uh, I joined Infineon, and with Franz, I, I was a kind uh, involved in this project to connect uh, what's the millimeter wave or uh, RF world to the process development world. And so uh, I think it was a very good fit because I was already doing that in the PhD with kind of passion. And if if somebody walked up to you on the street and said, what is terahertz wave or technology, what would you say? So imagine that now we are using uh, for our uh, connectivity and wireless transmission, uh, lower frequencies like uh, 2.4 gigahertz um, uh, normally or other uh, bandwidths very low in the frequency range. Now we want to, to push uh, our frequency band up, I mean, beyond the 100 gigahertz and uh, the reason for that is that we want uh, higher connectivity higher capabilities of the network uh, faster communication in the wireless in the air and so to make possible this to happen i mean yeah okay uh, so everyone wants faster communication exactly. and this we is what this download promises. our stuff from the cloud very fast and and this is a uh, uh, one of the ways that will will enable this Okay. In the and what would some other uses of this technology be? I would say here, indeed, uh, like uh, Chiara already mentioned, there is this trend uh, from the um, gigahertz into the tens or even hundreds of gigahertz and to the terahertz here. And there is a good reason for that. On one hand, there are very practical reasons. For example, in telecommunications, we need bandwidth. There is a huge hunger of uh, additional bandwidth and here indeed because of the uh, significantly increased amount of data in the network, right, and which has to be transported. And there is just not enough bandwidth available at the lower frequencies and that is of course the reason for the push into the beyond 100 gigahertz now. And beyond of that, the other area is indeed that when we go into beyond the 100 gigahertz, it is opening up a new uh, interesting applications not uh, which we are not possible in the let's say below uh, 10 or below 100 gigahertz area these comes uh, uh, examples here are for example when we talk about radar you know radar is an important uh, issue in automotive today it is 77 gigahertz used in the radar but in the future it should be beyond 100 gigahertz and this has the advantage that you have 
a much better resolution and finally can also use it then finally for, for example, road surface detection. The car should smell itself if there is an ice on the road. Or another application could be security scanners. On the upward, you know, everything, everyone is very unhappy to go through these security checks. And with this new kind of, uh, let's say, um, terahertz capabilities, finally, maybe walk-through machines will be there that you even don't need to stop, just go, right? And uh, interesting aspects in this context. Another interesting aspect is, uh, you know, food is also an issue and food quality control. And with spectroscopy in this kind of high frequencies, you we can imagine to be even suit, uh, able to do food, uh, food quality control with this kind of technology. And so there are a lot of exciting uh, areas and uh, interest behind here. Or astronomy, right? Weather forecasts and uh, radio astronomy. It's another interesting area, space observation, where you also need this kind of uh, towards the terahertz frequencies. Are you saying there's a chance in the future that the weather could be correct? Um, it's already not so bad, right? We have already uh, a lot of uh, nice uh, tools and setups in place and uh, they can predict already very uh, properly uh, how the weather on the next day will be, right? But on the other hand, of course, we want to further improve. And another issue is, of course, uh, all, you know, the climate change and uh, this kind of stuff uh, uh, we can con we can imagine that this will be possible with this kind of new technologies. So it sounds to me like there's we have many, many uses for this cool stuff. Uh, so what's standing in the way at this point? What's the roadblock? I would say it's always the issue, of course, uh, um, how much uh, does it cost, right? Yeah, and exactly. uh, finally, in a way, uh, this kind of uh, uh, terahertz uh, frequencies, they are already in use today, but uh, the equipment is very, very expensive. And that more or less uh, restricts it to more or less the, um, uh, the sensitive area, uh, military applications or uh, yeah, space astronomy is also a kind of professional sensitive applications where somehow just for a few machines, uh, 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 the money can be invested to build it. And of course, now with our technology, uh, we hope that this will finally lead to a significant reduction in price and make this kind of uh, new capabilities affordable really for the commercial market. And this is a most uh, important issue in this context. And it seems to me like this was the heart of the of this project. Um, I couldn't read much about this without running across this phrase over and over again: a micro-machined heterogeneous integration platform. This uh, seems to be the key. Uh, what does this mean, Chiara? The point is that up to now, uh, at these frequencies, as uh, Franz mentioned, we have very sophisticated, very uh, costly um, uh, systems, uh, bulky, heavy, and everything. And, and this is not producible in a fab like uh, in Infineon, for instance, and for high volumes for uh, this, these other applications that we, we mentioned before. And the idea is to use micro-machining to make it possible. And I mean, from the technical point of view, uh, this is the, the solution to shrink the system from something very bulky, heavy and big and, and costly to something very small like what we have in our mobile phone. Think about something like that, so a chip uh, where everything is integrated inside. And, and this, yeah, this is the goal of the, the project. 
And this way, when it's small, then it's manufacturable. It's the cost goes down. You can make millions of them. Yeah, the size and the the weight is much lower. Yeah. Uh-huh. Good point. And so your charge in this project was to to make a prototype. Is that is that correct? That is very true indeed. And when we say to demonstrate the feasibility with a prototype, uh, here the focus, the first uh, focus is on a telecom application. Namely, here we have this kind of high-speed data links uh, in place already today, but uh, some uh, in the frequency range is 70 gigahertz, 80 gigahertz, and in the future it should be 145 gigahertz and even beyond 200 gigahertz. And so our demonstrator will be a high-speed data link at 145 gigahertz. With built with all the components uh, we are researching uh, or uh, more or less developing in this project. Okay. And then beyond of that, there is also a secondary application, and there it's about sensing. Mm-hmm. And an interesting uh, area for the sensing, for example, is also in the car context, again, in-cabin monitoring. The car, uh, you know, when we go towards the automated driving, it will be important uh, to watch if the people in the car, what they are doing, if they are sleeping or watching a movie on their on their smartphone or whatever, right? And this uh, kind of in-car uh, um, radio radios uh, will be able to observe observe all that, and beyond of that, also if an accident happens, for example, you know uh, if you have to ignite uh, the airbag, uh, then uh, uh, you have to steer the airbag in the in a crit in, into a critical direction and protect the, for example, the heads of the people in the car, and not the feet, right? And all this can be is will be come possible with this kind of new technology. Amazing. And uh, the secondary application is exactly uh, to study how to use this uh, technology in in car, in in cabin monitoring. Okay. So these are uh, some really great examples of this technology being used. Do you do you foresee this happening? I think so. Uh, for example, in the car context, you may have heard the story from Uber, right? There was an accident uh, and there was still a person uh, in the car to take care and it uh, finally was proven that this person was watching a video instead of um, uh, observing what happens uh, on the street, right? Uh, And of course, so in the future, to really uh, have recorded what's happening in the car will maybe also have a, will be an issue for the insurance, right? Right. And so very interesting aspects in this whole context. Okay, very interesting. And what would be some of the drawbacks? I mean, we've, we've talked about the good sides of this technology. Are there any bad sides that we see? Uh, it takes a long time uh, to, <laughs> to get it into a production, let's say. Yeah. But that is normal, right? With this kind of high-tech things, uh, it is a very long phase of research required yeah. until you have it in a status that you can ramp up a volume production. That takes, uh, takes let's say, something in between five and ten years or, or ten years or even more, right? And, of course, this is one of the bad sides that... Uh, it will take time until it will be uh, affordable and accessible for everyone. Also, the quality check that must be, I mean, there are very high requirements, especially when you go into the car, It's uh, the quality is relevant. So until you get the, the standards, uh, it takes time. How about drawbacks as far as being dangerous? We talk about uh, cancer screening, for example, and people think MRI and they think X-ray and you know, then they start to th- think about, you know, that there might be health risks. Is this different? 
Uh, indeed, in a way, I mean, it's a very good question, by the way, right? <laughs> and I just remember a few years ago, we have built a, a person scanner, a first one already for airports. By the way, it's in place. When you go to Munich to the airport, you can already experience it. And that is 70 to 80 gigahertz. And we had to go through all the approvals. And indeed, there was also a concern regarding the radiation, right? And finally, we were able to prove that uh, uh, this is the radiation is much less than in a mobile phone. And you know the mobile phone you have close to your head, but uh, this uh, screening wall you have one meter away from you, right? And so for the human, uh, the uh, radiation effect is zero. They just said, yes, go ahead, no problem. So as far as the project goes, uh, it's done, right? Or almost done. You you're, um, have a meeting next week where you present results, I'm assuming. And so how do you feel about the project? I would say overall the project went very well. Of course, uh, we had some issues, you know, in the production. Not everyone was to the point in the first trial, but finally we have managed. And this final review meeting will be on Wednesday, Thursday this week. And we just got the information from uh, the system house who has, has built this uh, telecom demonstrator that everything is ready and up and running. 10 gigahertz link over 145 gigahertz uh, carrier frequency. And so we are very happy and will be able hopefully to fulfill the expectations from our reviewers, right? Yeah. And make them happy as well. <laughs> That's great. We will see the wireless transmission of uh, this, this very high frequency, so gigabit per second running from the transmitter to the receiver. And you will actually show this, right? There, there will be a demonstrator. So what happens next? Uh, is there another project similar to this that you are going to embark on? Indeed, in a way, uh, you know, we have luck. Namely, there is a perspective for a continuation here and um, really to uh, dig deeper into uh, the um, applications in the car context, namely for short-range uh, automotive radars suited for road surface detection and beyond of that also of uh, in-cabin uh, um, uh, monitoring. Uh, and beyond of that, of course, we do not want to give up uh, this idea to use it, uh, for example, for food quality control. And in this context, also more research is required and uh, we are not really there yet. We do not have all the pieces together for these other applications yet. Okay, so Kia, the, the uh, food monitoring, this is an interesting aspect. Can you tell us just briefly how that works? That's, I mean, a good question because, uh, uh, I mean, this was uh, uh, developed by one of our partners, uh, that is a, a CSCM in uh, Neuchâtel in Switzerland. And uh, the idea is to, to to send a signal at these frequencies to a, and I mean they did a demo demonstration with some chocolate with some metal inside or some some uh, yeah something inside and then the, when you receive the, uh, the 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 signal back you you can recognize that there is something uh, in the in the chocolate pieces and and this is how it works basically but of course uh, it's a quite complex uh, system. Okay. And are there other projects going on that are similar to yours that maybe support you in a way, or is there information sharing, or is your research proprietary and just for you? Can you leverage no, other I, people's technology? 
it's a complex, a very uh, complex area we are discussing here. And on one hand, uh, uh, we have to develop or to further develop the uh, respective or appropriate production technology. And then beyond of that, uh, we have to develop the components uh, for this certain application here, right? And when it comes to the production uh, uh, technology here in our company, we have lacked as we have this kind of silicon germanium technology, which is uh, suited uh, to be pushed uh, and to make it suited for these very high frequencies. Namely, it's a silicon technology. That means it's cheap in the production. And um, uh, here, uh, as a kind of important parameter, we are talking about the maximum frequency you can achieve with this kind of uh, process. And there we are at uh, 700 gigahertz already today. And when you compare this with CMOS, uh, it's definitely double the frequency already because with the CMOS we are at 300 gigahertz. And with the silicon germanium, we are uh, already simulations and calculations uh, very nicely show and uh, prove that we can uh, push it towards beyond one terahertz. And then there are even two terahertz is reachable with this kind of technology. And then there are, of course, other also competing technologies on the market here, like indium phosphate. But when we talk about indium phosphate, it's much more expensive in the production. And as our focus is here really uh, on the commercial volume market, of course, it's important to have the right, uh, also price-wise, the right technology in place. And uh, beyond of that, of course, we need this MEMS platform. And here, of course, uh, what we are using in the demonstrators now um, was uh, quite a long-lasting process uh, in the at our research partner in Sweden uh, to produce these parts. And of course, for a volume, we would we would need to implement and to transfer this technology into an industrial production. And that is, of course, also a huge complex effort. Uh, and uh, beyond of that, of course, um, on the products themselves, uh, the development, we are at the beginning. Can you tell us your partners in this project, the people that you worked with? Yeah, of course, uh, our coordinator, most important, Technicon, <laughs> of course. Then we have um, uh, KTH uh, in Stockholm. And their focus is exactly on this kind of MEMSA technology development. Then Infineon is contributing with the semiconductor transceivers in this silicon germanium technology. And beyond of that, we already have started to experiment uh, to produce this kind of uh, MEMS in our facility and to take advantage from uh, what uh, more or less uh, uh, from the research at KTH. And then, of course, the system partner here is Ericsson, and they are also building now uh, the uh, telecom demonstrator. We will see in a few days, right, in our final review meeting. Then, of course, when you talk about uh, wireless communications, antenna is an important piece, right? And so we also need antennas. Yes. And for that, we have Antaral in Spain, who are contributing with this kind of uh, terahertz antennas. Uh, and then we have uh, Chalmers University. Uh, they are very well known for all their microwave and into the terahertz knowledge and research. And they have developed the circuits we are using here in the Infineon technology. 
and so also of course a very important uh, contribution from them. And then we have this uh, CSM at uh, Neuchâtel in Switzerland, and they are contributing with the secondary application, with the secondary demonstrator, namely to explore these um, high frequency waves for, uh, for example, in-cabin uh, monitoring mm -hmm. and other things like uh, just mentioned by Chiara, they have started to experiment also to use these frequencies for food quality control. On behalf of Technicon, I want to say thank you for your contributions to this project. Thank you for uh, doing what you're doing in science to make our tomorrow a, a better and safer place. And I just wanted to see if there was anything else you wanted to add about the project. <laughs> Uh, of course, we could continue yeah. <laughs> to discuss, but maybe it's appropriate. Uh, we could, for example, go, of course, into further industrial applications, but uh, maybe it's for the time being enough what we already discussed, right? So thank you for your contributions again, and um, we look forward to seeing the exciting things that come out of this project. We also look forward. <laughs> yes, <this> indeed. <laughs> that I can confirm. Yeah. So waiting for the final meeting. Okay. Thank you so much. This podcast has been brought to you by Technicon. The project leading to this application has received funding from the European Union's Horizon 2020 Research and Innovation Program under grant agreement number 644039. This work was supported by the Swiss State Secretariat for Education, Research and Innovation under contract number 15.0059. The opinions expressed and arguments employed herein do not necessarily reflect the official views of the Swiss government. Mm -hmm.